What's up, guys? I'm Sean Lights Out Merriman, and you're listening to the Charged Up Bolt Podcast. Thanks for listening. Here's what's coming up this week on the Charged Up Bolt Podcast. But I thought as soon as, um, as, soon as the game started and we got um, Melvin Gordon went down hurt, um, Teddy Bridgewater went down hurt, their left tackle, who was already a backup, went down hurt, I started thinking, okay, okay. You know, that's not going to cut it, right? Hey, Bolt fam, how's it going? It is a wonderful, wonderful Thursday here. Or sorry, is it Thursday? No, it's not. It is only Wednesday. I'm already had. I'm so excited for this weekend that I'm already ahead of myself. Clash of Burrow and Herbert, two rookies sensations. Anyways, um, we are here. I'm, of course, in the Herbert hangar, as always. And I'm joined by my magnanimous guest. We've got uh, to my right, oh, this way, <laughs> John Walsh Jr. How's it going, John? Uh great to be back here uh for our listeners we're delayed 24 hours because bez is recovering from a horrendous virus unfortunately he was back in hospital today so our thoughts and prayers go out to uh mr elliot bermudez um but yeah back to me all good short days long nights getting towards the uh back end of the nfl season thanksgiving's over into the christmas stretch what could possibly go wrong apart from a new COVID virus? <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't know what the omnivore virus is coming after us, but uh, we're going to try to stay safe here. Uh, and of course, we're joined by the man with the wonderful hat. Oh, that thing is glorious. It's, it's <laughs> definitely my favorite. How are you doing, Dan? How's it going? Yeah, not, not too bad. Tired, always tired. The life of a parent of a one-year-old. Um, so, yeah, not, Dan, not too bad, you, just tired. Mate. Just enjoy it because in in ten years it'll be like, Dad, I want the new iPhone twenty three. Yeah, uh, you'll, be, you'll be getting that every six yeah, months. Right now, he just he just wants to play with everything. At least yeah, he doesn't exactly. want us to buy him everything. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Well, and you'll find too. You'll buy you'll buy him a bunch of toys, but then he just wants to play with everybody else's toys. Yeah, his toys are garbage. So uh, <laughs> that's always fun. You're like, oh hey, I bought Much you this like awesome. The Chargers game. run defense. Ah, okay. What a segue. Okay. So let's uh, use that as a segue. Uh, it is Wednesday, uh, right in the middle of the week. So what we're going to do is we're going to sandwich in both game discussions. Okay. We're going to talk a little bit about what happened last week, and then we're going to go and take an eye forward at the Bengals coming up this weekend. So, uh, Dan, you had the pro- professional transition there. Uh, what was your analysis of the game this last week? Oh, it was pretty bad, wasn't it? Um, I, I, I didn't, I didn't join you guys on Thursday last week to do the predictions, um, but I was feeling fairly pessimistic going into it, just knowing how well Denver's defense had been playing. But I thought as soon as, um, as soon as the game started, and we got um, Melvin Gordon went down hurt, um, Teddy Bridgewater went down hurt, their left tackle, who was already a backup, went down hurt. I started thinking, okay, okay, we. The, the, things are swinging in our favor here. Their offense is just going to crumble. Um, and it, it did, but our defense never really forced any kind of action on the back of that. It was um, just very lackluster. Um, and yeah, I mean, we allowed f- four and a half yards per rush, which is not ideal. Um, and it, it just wasn't. Like we, we let Drew Locke complete passes. But yeah, one of them was was to us, which was quite nice. Um, but still, it's Drew Locke. You, sh- you shouldn't be letting him complete anything. Um, 
I mean, we, we all know there's there's been some problems with the secondary. Um, see, we've signed uh, someone uh, in the last 24 hours. I've Devontae already forgotten Harris. the name. Yeah. That's the name. Um, but yeah, I was I, I felt a little bit let down by the performance and by the coaching that we just seem to have no answer for no names. Yeah, it uh, it was not an impressive performance. I mean, the, the Broncos defense has been playing better as of late, but um, ultimately on the season, they're ranked 25th in defensive DVOA. So not exactly a world beater yet. They made our offense look miserable. I mean, I saw more life out of the Latvian women's uh, football team than I did out of the Chargers <laughs> offense last weekend. Ooh, so and they lost 20 to zip. Oof, yeah, that was pretty bad. But I mean, the Chargers basically lost twenty to zip too. I mean, it was, it was a yeah, the score actually ends up even though the score wasn't great, it still doesn't look. It's not as close as the actual game wasn't. You know, what I mean, the Broncos felt like they had momentum and they had the game in hand the entire time. Uh, what about you, Waz? What were your takeaways from the game? Right, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna pick on somebody, Tavon Campbell. Oof, you and everybody else in the league are picking on him. So okay, okay so I'm gonna give Tom Telesco a little bit more. Cap space, okay? Cut Tavon Campbell. Pay me a quarter of his salary and watch me tackle. Because I can tackle. I can tell you that right now. I played rugby league and rugby union. I will tackle. He made Teddy Bridgewater look like Walter Payton on that touchdown. What on earth was he doing? And I'll tell you something right now. If if I was in that locker room after that game, I'm taking Tavon Campbell round the back. And I'm going to have a chat with him because that was absolutely embarrassing. As a defensive back, you're there to cover the receivers. If you're not covering receivers, you're tackling somebody. What on earth was that? That's one of the most embarrassing things I have ever seen in the NFL. And you, you look at the tackling machines that have been around the league, you know, whether it's Sean Merriman, Junior So those types of players that hit like a steam train and he's just wafting at fresh air. I don't understand why the Chargers have a problem tackling. So that's the first one. He needs to go. Cut him right now. Okay? Make him walk back to wherever he came from because he's letting us down. He's letting the head coach down. He's letting the fans down. Next one, Kenneth Murray. What is going on there? One one tackle he had on Sunday. I mean, it... it we, we need to make a decision at the end of this season whether we're going to invest in him or whether he needs to move on because we paid a high price um, drafting him in the first round and it's just just embarrassing. So I'm going to leave the defence because I, I could be here all night. Offence. Oh, for the second time in as many games, Justin Herbert leads the offence in rushing. Now that's fine if we're putting up 45 50 points, okay? 36 yards of four carries, and that's the best that we can offer. Austin Eckler, 12 carries to 31 yards just behind him. That is not good enough. So not only can we not stop the run, we can't establish the run. Yeah, it's it's not good. It's not good. And we're starting to see now a lot of fragilities uh, on both sides of this football uh I don't know what's going on, John, whether we're just an up and down um, team. You know, one minute we're good, one minute we're bad. I think we've said there's going to be struggles and I, and I, I stand by my 10-7 prediction. But what I saw on Sunday does not 
bode well for what's to come down the stretch because we can't get... Look, look the Broncos are always going to be tough to play at the mile high, but the way that they dismantled us and the, the, the way that they were allowed to um, take the game to us, we, we had no answer. You know, I mean, Herbert's interceptions, one of them, you know, is off a helmet. It's arguably a bit fortuitous for, for Denver. But I said before the game that... I was a bit disappointed with Patrick Sertain. What happens? He gets a pick. So no more am I going to mention any opposition players between now and the season not playing well because it, it seems to backfire on me. <laughs> but look, enough, enough of the rant. What, what's what's your takeaways, John? I don't know. It was not a great game uh, all around. I think everybody played poorly. I actually think the defense played better than the offense, which is uh, not a, not common. Uh, these days, the defense has definitely let this team down quite a few times. But honestly, it felt like the offense let the team down uh, this week. I mean, they had multiple drives um, ending in no points, whether it's missed field goals, whether it's turnovers. It's just you can't you can't win it, sustaining drives. And, and great. That's great. You have a high EPA. OK, that's great that you you know, you, you've you've gained a bunch of yards. You know, there's a lot of great stats. But to me. Points scored is a big stat. And, uh, you know, I think points per game, they're somewhere in like the 12 or 14 range. So, you know, that's not going to cut it, right? If you're going to have a defense that's that's understaffed and under and the personnel just isn't there like like the Chargers have, your, your offense is going to have to overperform. And I don't really think that the um, offense is exceeding expectations at this point. And, yes, the defense is bad and needs to be better. And, yes, if the defense were better, we might have won one or two more games. I, I 100% agree with that. But this week, I believe it was the offense's fault. I think the defense did everything they could to keep this game close. Um, including that Derwin James interception was, which was magnificent. Um, but the offense just could not capitalize. I mean, and it's, it's what we've seen all year long, right? We've seen poor execution. We've seen, um, you know, when we don't have the full offensive line starting, we've seen poor protection, uh, which is causing Herbert to make poor decisions and rush throws and try to make throws. He shouldn't that interception in the end zone to Patrick Sertan. I mean, I see what he was doing there, right? He was evading pressure. He saw that he had, uh, he saw that he had an open receiver just past Sertan. All he had to do was loft the ball up over Sertan and into the back corner of the end zone, but he's running, he's moving, his feet aren't set. He ends up with a poor throw and Sertan gets the easy pick, right? Why does that happen? It happens because he's trying too hard to make something happen out of nothing. Okay. And it's a problem, right? It is. It's yeah, also, very Philip Rivers. It's an execution thing, right? Like, I, yeah, exactly. Right. It's like, Hey, I got to win this myself. So I'm going to make a tough throw. And you know what? Oftentimes, especially earlier on the season, he was making all of those throws and they were all kind of, all those throws were bouncing our way. All those contested uh, receptions were bouncing our way. Right now, it doesn't seem like they're bouncing our way. Drops, not able to handle them, uh, under throws. They're just not bouncing our way. And uh, the offense looks bad because of it. So, you know, I don't know what the what the answer is, but it's it's not what we saw this last weekend. And, and yes, going into the game, um, you know, I, I was one of the many people who said, you know what, we don't play well in Denver. Excuse me there, had a little sneeze sneeze, but... um. Uh, we don't play well in Denver. We never have. It's always a tough game in Denver, and, and this one fared it out. But honestly, it wasn't like it wasn't a winnable game. Yeah. It was a hundred percent. That's I think that's the most frustrating part. I think with the yeah. Ravens, right? You can get upset about that, and it looks bad on the stat sheet to get blown out like that. But at least it's like, well, the Ravens just played better all around than us, right? It was 
it was never really a winnable game. They just got demolished. But this last game, that was a winnable game. They honestly, they should have won that game. Like like Dan was talking about, uh, there were there were points in time when they're not only did they start the Denver start with both of their uh, starting tackles out, but then their backup tackle went out. Right, Drew Locke was in there for a number of snaps. Right, that should have been the prime opportunity for this offense to score points and try to try to uh, build a lead uh, so the defense can contain it. But what happened? Nothing. No points. Back yeah, I, I mean, look, we go back to the offense, but. You know, for two quarters we got we got shut out there, and that that's not really acceptable. The weapons that we've got, but I'm I'm getting concerned now about the fact that we can't establish the run because, you know, outside Herbert and Eckler, who is going to move the chains on the ground? I don't think there's anybody there that that can do it. So now, not only now are we talking about do we retain Mike Williams in 2022? It's do we start looking now for a wide out and a running back in the third and fourth round of next year's draft? We also, we're almost looking now as if we're a roster with, with too many gaps to fill, too many areas to upgrade on. And it's starting to concern me. Um, you know, at the start of the season, like we, we need one or two, maybe three players to be competitive in the division. Now we, we need, we're, we're, you know, we, we're needing 10 to 12 draft picks. <laughs> or some really good uh, wheeling and dealing in free agency to bolster this uh, this roster because we're looking very, very fragile. Depth is a massive issue. And I know, Dan, you've talked about this before, but the fact that, you know, when, when next man up, next man up's not able to do anything. I mean, uh, there is Bradwell that comes in. Oh, gee, that, that's not good. That's not good. And look, it didn't help, did it, that we lost Matt Feeler as well. He's been absolutely uh, unbelievable. Um, but we, we're not we're not able to progress and and establish some offensive rhythm with a lopsided offensive line, let alone with an offensive line that's that's got it's like a patchwork quilt, you know, because we're just getting we're just getting blown up. I mean, three sacks again we allowed. Um Justin Herbert was getting killed out there. We we don't need to see that. And it was it wasn't just the sack as well. I mean, you you mentioned Fila being out. We had what Calamite Calamite uh, in in his place, and there was the the um, comment that in one series he had a false start, um, uh, holding and gave up a sack. And I, I know it's not all one player, but that's a big, real momentum killer. That was the drive where we ended up going for the field goal that we missed, um, unsurprisingly there, because I'm not the kicker. But <laughs> um, it's like you're moving the ball, you're moving the ball, you have two penalties and then a sack as well. And it's just, you just at that point, you're thinking this this is just not our day. Um, and it can't be just the fans thinking, what, what do we have to do here? You've got to think that's creeping in a little bit to some of the players as well. And when that starts happening, you're just like, this something needs to change here. Like we need to figure out a way to get more protection there, but we're already giving more protection to storm Norton. And that O-line is just not looking great. If um, any one person goes down. Yeah. Well, storm gave up three pressures on, uh, on Sunday, including a sack. So he'd only given up uh, four pressures his previous three games. So, we thought he might be turning a corner. That's not the case. He's going to get blown up at every opportunity. 
So you know, you know, we've we've not got a a fix there, and I don't envisage Norton being anything other than what he is, just somebody that fills a spot, um, which is disappointing. Well, I think that <clears throat> when we look at everything said and done, this was a bad game. I think part of it is depth, right? We just don't have the depth to make up for the injuries that we've got. I mean, I know that seems like a common problem for the Chargers that they're always injured, but it is what it is. It's, it's a tough league. People get injured. Um, you know, obviously Matt Filer coming back is going to be big. It's going to be a big deal for this offensive line. Um, you know, the offensive line has struggled uh, ever since Abushi went out. I think that's something to consider too. I thought yes. he was a, you know, I, I wasn't sure how good he would perform. I know he had some decent underlying stats, but he wasn't like a world beater at, at guard, but he proved to be really solid on that offensive line. And when you've got Slater, Filer, Lindsley, and Abushi all healthy and playing well, it makes it easier to make up for the fact that Storm Norton wasn't playing well. Uh, but like you said, it, it does exasperate the fact that now that now that we're trying to make up for holes all over the line, we just can't help everybody out, right? We can't help everybody out all the time, and it's become a real problem. So Filer coming back this weekend for the Bengals will be huge. And then trying to figure out who's going to be right guard and how we're going to help out on the right side of the line is going to be also very huge so we'll see how that goes it's, it's, it's going to be really important and for the defense Linval Joseph being back is going to be big I think Linval Joseph and Justin Jones playing together I think those are, that's like a really good combo I think that's going to help the run defense which is going to be sorely needed with Joe Mixon coming into town yeah. um, but trying to figure out what they're doing um, besides that is important right I, I tweeted this out earlier that Jerry Tillery is just he's not it they need to stop trying to make Jerry Tillery a thing he's not a great football player yeah. he is a rotational piece at best and they should be rotating him with Gaziano and Fajoko. Both of them, I thought, had played quite well against the Steelers. And granted, the Steelers' offensive line was banged up and has not been very good um, as of late. So yeah, you're right. You know, they, they each had standout moments in that game where you're like, yeah, okay, exactly. go, make, go make your play. You know, and, and honestly, sometimes, it, you know, like, again, I, I think, you know, you've, we've read this before that Tillery is kind of more athletically gifted than them. And that's fine. He doesn't play well. That's all there is to it. They play hard. And they do their best. And honestly, it shows. And honestly, at this point, you might as well put the high effort guys in there with the low ceilings and just it is what it is, right? Additionally, getting pressure on the edge, you know, I mean, besides Bosa, like it's really rare that we're calling anybody else's name out there, right? It's just uh, increasing pressure on the edge is going to be a big deal. And then, of course, the secondary, you know, what they're going to do. I don't know. I don't know if Asante Samuel Jr. is going to play again this year. It doesn't look like it, John. Um, it doesn't look like it at all. I think they're going to keep him out. Um, I mean, he's not playing the Sunday. I know that for sure. But I don't know if he's going to come back at all. I mean, two concussions this close together. I mean, he needs to take care of himself if he wants to be a long-term solution in this league. Yes. You know, um, so, you know, I know I know you hate Tavon Campbell there, was, but I don't know if we have too many better options. We, we I, haven't, I'm, John. We haven't. And that's a problem. The depth, you, you, we've already alluded to this. It's like just putting sticky plaster on things and just hoping for the best. And if... We didn't have Derwin James. I don't know. And and look, if we didn't have Derwin James on one side of the football and Justin Herbert on the other, I don't know what we would do. Because and you're right about Herbert. He's forcing the issue because I think he, he, sometimes he's got no option. He's probably sat, he's, you know he's in position. The snap is he's received the football. He can read the game and he's like, well, what we were planning to do is is no longer an option. So I'm going to try something else and. Proofs in the pudding, the fact that against Pittsburgh and Denver, he was the leading rusher on the team. You know, it's 
there's a breakdown there and people are now starting to point the finger at, at Joe Lombardi. I'm not going there yet. Um, I, I refuse to go there because I don't have all the facts. I, I, I'm not inside that that uh, locker room. I'm not inside the building. But, you know, people now are starting to point the finger at, um, at the coaches. But if the players are dropping footballs, if they're jumping offside, if they're drawing penalties... Some of that is on the coaches because they're going to do a better job. But once those players cross that white line onto the, the field, it, it's down to them. They get paid the money. They they do enough drills. You know, they're professionals. They've got to be accountable as well. You know, i got to ask a question for each of you. So I know we're still in the middle of the season. I, and again, I know there's a lot of doom and gloom and the sky is falling. But guess what? The Chargers are still a playoff team, guys. Yeah. All right. Bolt fam, Bolt fam, settle down. They are the seventh seed currently. Like seventh currently, seed. they set a seventh seed, and they're like a game behind uh, Kansas City at this point. That's one game. And guess what? We get to play Kansas City at home, right? So there's a real chance that if we beat Kansas City twice in one year, and we have the same record as at the end of the year, guess what? We will end up with the division title. I don't think that happens. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think that happens. But it is still a possibility, a realistic possibility. This time last year, it would have we were like five games behind everybody, right? Yeah, it would have taken yeah. a miracle for us to, to come back. Okay. So I, I just need everybody to settle down a little bit. The team's not great, they're inconsistent. I get that. They lack depth. I get that. But if they get healthy and they get on a roll at the right time, you know, how many times has a team limped into the playoffs? made it in, but then they got mm -hmm. healthy and then they go on a run because everybody's gelled together and they're healthy and they've gone through it. Right. There's no saying the chargers couldn't do that. Right. I get, I'm not predicting anything. Don't come at me saying, Oh, you're, you're just a fan and you don't know what you're talking about, but I get that, but they have a chance. So, but I, yeah, I think, I think on that two points I'd like to bring out of that. Uh, what you just said there, John, one is the, the biggest disappointment for me. It's not the fact how we, we lost on uh, Sunday. It's the fact that we handed the baton back to Kansas City. The division was in our hands and now we, we're trailing. You know, it would have been great to have had a win on Sunday, even by a point, but that's not the case. The other thing about getting getting hot at the right time, I felt 2018 when we when we reached the playoffs, so the last four or five games, including the games against uh, Baltimore, were almost like our Super Bowl. And and I and I said at the time on Twitter, I'd have to go back. You can check that I thought that our win against Baltimore in the in the uh, wild card game was our our Super Bowl, and and the and the Patriots game was one too far. So you're absolutely right. Some teams do do get hot at the right time, and there there will be there will be teams in both conferences that will stumble their way into a wild card spot. That will stumble their way into a divisional game because look. COVID, it's it's prevalent in this in this in the National Football League. Teams are still suffering. We don't know what's going to happen. But yes, it, it is. It, this does not sound like doom and gloom. This podcast, but we are seventh seed, and I still believe that we'll win ten games this season. I still believe that we'll finish in the division four and two. Um, so look, let's see what happens. I'm not hopeful about our next game, but we'll come on to that in a minute. <laughs> Yes, let's uh let's kind of transition. We've talked about the the poor last game, but guess what? It's over. Don't have to worry about it ever again. Okay, the losses on on our record sheet, it's there. 
Okay, let's move on. Let's focus forward. Let's talk about the Bengals. Okay, this is a tough team coming in here. I think the Bengals have played a lot like the Chargers this year in that they've been up and down. They've played some close games. They've played some not close games. So, um, you know, I, I'm interested to see, Dan, what is your take coming into this game? What do you think is going to be uh, the area of opportunity for the Chargers to capitalize on? And what do you think is going to be the biggest threat to the Chargers besides themselves, obviously? The biggest threat I'll start with, I think that's a fairly easy one, is um, Joe Mixon. Um, uh, past that, I, I think the, the Bengals only really have a couple of like standouts on offense. Mixon, uh, Higgins has been playing well. I think he had quite a big game um, against who, who they played. It was the Steelers, wasn't it? Um, I think Higgins had quite a big game there. And Joe Burrow is obviously talented. Um I don't know that there's really many areas for us to take advantage of. Um, I have diminishing faith in our offense. Um, I, I guess I guess the the advantage point could be that there is really only Mixon and Higgins there to kind of try and pin down and then hopefully get some pressure and actually get to Burrow. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm not optimistic. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the same. So it's weird to think that last time we played the Bengals in 2020, it was we we eked out a 16-13 victory with with uh, Tyrod under centre. So obviously, as we know, Joe uh, Burrow was the starting QB for, for for the Bengals, and Herbert was on the sideline. So this is the, this is going to be an interesting matchup to see how these two dudes um, slug it out. But I'm, I'm concerned about how uh, Trey Hendrickson is going to pick on the offensive line, 10 and a half sacks this season, generates a lot of pressure. Um, he's going to come hard. They've, they've got some good defensive pieces. Um, and I think we've got to be careful here that we don't dig ourselves into a hole in the first quarter because if, I think if we start slow in Cincinnati, I think the likes of Jamar Chase, T Higgins, Joe Mixon are just going to going to run wild. Uh, Burrow is a good quarterback. He has got um, he's got a good arm. Um, he's played well for Cincinnati. Um, I, I'm not going to sit here and say he's better than Justin Herbert because I haven't seen enough of him and I don't think he he is. But but the Bengals on their day, they've they've got enough in their locker to be anyone. Um, we're going to have to be really really good and let's just hope that we get all our players back the likes of Linval Joseph, uh, because we're going to need everybody to be playing at 100% on Sunday. If we lose on Sunday, um, you know, it's it, still, we're in, still in a position where we're going to be fighting for a, a wild card spot. But I just want to see the first quarter. I want to see some aggression. I want to see some good drives. I want to see some positive plays by the defence. But, uh, John... If if Burrow gets his way and we start getting blown out by uh, Chase and, and Higgins, um, their receiver core could give us lots of problems. Then we're trying to contain those and then we're trying to contain the run. I mean, Joe Mixon, 165 yards and 28 carries uh, against Pittsburgh. He's hot at the minute and that's a worry. 
I'm just going to jump in there to go. I completely forgot about Jamar Chase. How did that happen? <laughs> I I don't know. I I didn't want to say anything. I was just going to let it roll. But yeah, Jamar Chase is kind of a big deal. Yeah, yeah. You might, yeah. I mean, you might consider he's, he's only their top receiver. You know. Um, no, no, that'd be fine. He only catches 61% of the passes thrown his way. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of the wide receiver twos and threes have really burned the charges this year. Yeah. Um. So, you know, honestly, if I'm playing fantasy, someone I might consider who's kind of had basically, you know, a, an empty stat sheet for the last like th- four weeks or so, but I think who could come out of nowhere and just have a massive game, Tyler Boyd. Uh, Tyler Boyd is a very good receiver. Um, they like to play him out of the slot, and guess who's going to be covering him at that point? Uh oh, the, the corpse of Chris Harris Jr. Yeah. So, I mean, not that I think Tavon Campbell or Mike Davis are necessarily going to do a great job shutting down Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. I think they're going to have an opportunity to have big games as well. But I could see Tyler Boyd just being open all day long and making some big plays and really being a headache for the Chargers. You know, I'm, I'm struggling to understand how the Chargers are going to stop them. All right. Um, so far through 12 weeks, uh, the Bengals are, I think they're they're sixth in uh, in yards per game, and I think they're 12th in points per game. Um, and I, I think I don't even know if that's really painting a picture of how well the offense has played when it's clicking. And I'm just not sure how this defense is going to stop them because even when the passing game isn't doing well and they're not able to protect Joe Burrow, guess what? Joe Mixon has been tearing up defenses left and right this year. He's been, he's a he's an asset obviously as a runner. He's an asset in the passing game, and when you've got somebody who can do both of those things, they really tend to cause a lot of problems for this Chargers defense. Chargers defense doesn't seem to know their assignments. They seem to be they seem to be shooting the wrong gaps or getting bullied out of the way. And there seems to be a lot of running room up the soft middle of this defense. So I can see a player like Joe Mixon feasting on them, which is really really scary. I mean, uh, you know, as you pointed out in our ticker, he uh, had a career high 165 yards last week. I could see him eclipsing that and setting a new career high this week against this defense so, in the first half. In the, I mean, in the first half, yes. Oh, don't say that, please. I, I think, honestly, this, you know, you know, we're going to get to this in just a second here, but I think that we're likely to see a game where if the Chargers want to win this, it's going to be like Cleveland. It's going to be like Pittsburgh, where if they're not scoring 40 points, they're probably not going to win, which, again, probably not fair to the offense. Again, the offense has not been bad. They've been fairly good. You know, uh, I did tweet out. I, I took a look at kind of the the – the, who they've played and the defense uh, defense has kind of, or the offense have kind of had an easy time. Uh, they've played one top 10 defense the, uh, the entire year. Uh, and they've only played uh, outside of that. They've only played two other defenses that are ranked from a DVOA standpoint stand. Oh, sorry. Two top 10 defenses and one top 15 defense. Other than that, everybody else they've played has been ranked 18th or worse in DVOA defense. Meaning they've kind of had an easier schedule, uh so far so the fact that we've seen some struggles already i think some of those stats have been inflated by some of the teams they played so you know i'm really hoping that they can make cincinnati look bad this weekend because i mean if they're not putting points up this weekend i don't know how they how they beat the Bengals. it, it really it's a tough game and it's not one that i would be willing to put money on uh the last line i saw was minus three for the Bengals, so they're obviously the home favorite there uh, which is probably good, though, because when the Chargers have been kind of the unanimous pick amongst most uh, pundits, uh, they've they've disappointed. So I think they play better. I, pl- I think they play better when they're they're pegged as the underdog. So hopefully that's in our favor. But, uh, you know, it's it's really hard to say what this what this team is going to look like out on the field every week. It seems like I have no idea. 
who's going to show up this week? You know, is the, is the elite offense going to show up? Is, is a, you know, is the suffocating defense going to show up? You know, is the run defense going to be there or is the pass defense going to be there? I don't know. I literally have no idea who's going to be uh, on that field this weekend. So uh, I think there's a lot of question marks around the chargers and we're just going to have to wait and see and watch. And hopefully, you know, the best team uh, is the chargers on the field. Um, so, Speaking of the best team on the field, let's talk about predictions. Okay, guys, I, I really want to know how you guys are feeling about this game. Waz, what do you think? 34-13 Cincinnati. Whoa, that is not expected. I mean, not that I was thinking you were going to necessarily give uh, – the Chargers, the game here, but thirty-four to thirteen. You think that? Yeah. This, you think that? You think the Bengals suffocate them that badly? Yeah, I think. Look, I, I was in two minds about uh, my prediction over Denver, and my heart overruled my head uh, on this podcast last week, and I, I predicted that we'd beat Denver. But based on what I've seen in the last, are we four and uh, we're we've lost four out of our last six games, haven't we? Based on what I've seen over that period, and just chatting about the Bengals and, and watching tape on them. Uh, the fact that Burrow's playing well, their offensive line's playing well. They've, they've got Jamar Chase. They've got T Higgins. Home advantage. I think we're going to come unstuck big time. Um, and if and if, if my prediction's right and we, we, we're held to under two touchdown scores again, I think there's going to be a lot of finger pointing again at Joe Lombardi, which is what we don't want. Okay, so I, I, I hope... I am completely wrong. Well, I am shocked, literally, that you went 34-13. I, I was expecting, you know, I was not expecting a win or a loss necessarily, but uh, that big of a, of a loss, surprising. Dan, come on. How about some positivity uh, here? 27-20, Bengals. <laughs> that um, felt hard. That, that, I, I sensed like some a... Positivity <laughs> there. <laughs> I feel like you were trying to say 13, but you're like, no, I'll be positive. I'll, I'll call it 20. I, I started at 34, 14, and then I've worked going, oh, no, yeah, I'll end up at 27, 20. It'll be, it'll be a one-score game. We tend to lose by one score. Let's just go with a one-score. Um, I'll throw out one interesting, one potentially interesting stat um, in that, and that is... um. Josh Palmer now has more receptions than Jalen Guyton on the year. Fewer wow. targets, more receptions. Yeah, I think the Jalen Guyton experiment's coming to a crashing end here soon. I mean, sadly, he's probably the biggest speed threat we have on the outside, but he's just, yeah. he's not it. I mean, he isn't. Oh, that is depressing. So we will get um, Bez's uh, comments on that. Um, come later when he's feeling a little bit better. Hopefully, he is feeling better here soon. I've really got to think about. Prediction. I've really thought about this. All right, I've been back and forth a lot. Right, I'm trying to stay positive. Right, because I, I really want to. I want to put out that Denver game. We were missing some key pieces. I think the team was just they play poorly in Denver always. So I kind of wanted to throw that game out. Try not to let that really influence me and think about okay, who can I compare this um this team to? And honestly, if I'm really thinking about it. Um, like who, who are they most closely related to? This reminds me of Cleveland, right? Um, Cleveland right now is about 14th in defensive DVOA. Um, they've got a better pass 
defense than they do run defense. Cincinnati's 16th in DVOA. Yes. Uh, they're 19th in pass defense, which is good for us, and nine in run defense, not good for this poor running game. Uh, and then when I think about defensively, or sorry, offensively, uh, for Cleveland, you know, they, they, points per game there's they're um they're up in the you know they're about midfield about 16 in points per game and um uh sorry if that was yards per game they're, they're about middle, middle of the pack in yards per game much like the uh the Bengals were a little bit higher um but cleveland doesn't necessarily score as many points but i think that they had an extra good game against us so i really think this reminds me of the cleveland game and again they're both from the afc north so that obviously plays into it um so i kind of use that as my basis for this and uh I mean, this I don't I don't know if this is going to be a bold take because everyone seems to think that, that the the Bengals are, are going to run the show. And I, and I do think the Bengals are going to play really well. But honestly, I think Justin Herbert has a redemption game. I think Justin Herbert is coming to prove something. I think a lot of that Joe Burrow hype that he had to swallow. I think there's a little bit, I think, you know, as, as cool and calm as collected as he is, I think he knows that. I think he knows that if he loses to Burrow, all those, all those uh conversations pre-draft where everyone was saying hey burrow is a better prospect way better than herbert herbert's overrated blah, blah blah i think some of those start coming back into the national attention and honestly i don't think he wants that and to be honest the, the bolts don't want that and i can tell you spanos is probably like look we've got justin herbert here we want people talking about justin herbert as an elite quarterback we can't let him lose to the Bengals, and i think that they do let him loose a little bit with filer back i think they do have an opportunity to take a few more deep shots i'm predicting are you ready for this? Go. 37 34 Chargers. Boom. Big explosion. I think they score a ton of points. Okay. I'm 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 positive. I'm feeling like they're just gonna go, you know what? Pedal to the metal. Let's go. Let's just let's just score points. I don't think the defense stops anybody. I think the defense is just like, no, that's fine. Go ahead and score. But I think we win in a boat race 37-34. Go boat. Here's here's a question for you both. Over under 50 yards rushing for Herbert. Ooh. Over, I think it's pretty. I think fifty is probably a pretty good number. That's a, yeah. that's a good. That's a good number. 55. I think he's like. You think he's either right below or right under that. I'm gonna say. I I think it's gonna be a high scoring game, and I think when it is a high scoring game, he does make some plays with his legs and his arms. So I'm gonna go over as well. Yeah, I think I'd take the over as well. I think he'll be getting out of the pocket, seeing a lane, and getting ten yards every now and then. Over so, under over under four drops. Over, over, yeah, over, yeah. Ah, that's a lot of drops, man. <laughs> well, yeah. it, 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 I think, John, do you, in your opinion, do you think this is a mental thing now that they're having all these drops? Because it, let's let's be honest, the guys that are dropping the football, they're they're generally pretty good football players. So, is it is this a mental thing now? I don't know. Honestly, Mike Williams has had drop problems in his career, so it's not that surprising to me. I think um, Allen has been the Allen and Eckler have been some of the biggest surprises. Allen, to me, I feel has corrected it, so I, I'm, I think Allen's going to trend better. Um, Eckler has been a pretty big surprise, but the more I watch it, the more I'm seeing two things. One, yes, Eckler has dropped some passes that are a little bit out of his reach. I get that they could have been better thrown balls. Okay, so they're not 100% Eckler's fault. Additionally. What I've noticed from Eckler is he's been so focused on turning his head up field and making something happen because he, I think he maybe again like Herbert, he feels like he's got to make something happen every play. Uh, that's causing him to rush it and drop the ball. So for me, I think Eckler's more of a or of a mental thing where he's focused more on making the play. 
Uh, I think Williams is just who he is. I think Guyton's who he is. Cook has had problems in his career with drops, so it's not surprising me there. Um, so I, I you know, I, I don't think the drops. I think half of the players who are having drops are going to correct them or have already started to correct them. I think the other ones, that's just who they are. They're players who drop the ball. Uh, yeah, and I think you know, the NFL. We talk about the 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 mystique and the 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 hidden stories in the game. Not surprising to learn that we're still ranked 32nd on special teams in DVOA. But if you were to take a a rookie fan and explain the NFL to them and take them through the box score, look at the Pittsburgh uh, or the Denver numbers last week with with uh, and 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 Herbert's numbers. A fan that doesn't understand the game or watch the game regularly would be would be very very confused. And then if you explained. DVOA to a fan and say charges offense ranks second, that's really going to blow somebody's head off because <laughs> that's where we're at right now. Um, you know, in terms of efficiencies, we've just got to start executing and making sure that we finish off these drives because it's getting a bit embarrassing. That We've got to clean up the tackling because if you don't clean up the tackling on Sunday, we're going to get hurt big style. Yeah, um, you know, I think, again, DVOA, great stat. Uh, EPA, great stat. They're all good stats. But I think when you look on the uh, on the outcome of everything that's actually happening, yeah, um, you know, they haven't they haven't come through, and that's a problem, right? They haven't come through when they needed it. And to be fair to the offense, they shouldn't be required to score 28 points a game to win, right? But right now it feels like they have to score almost 30 points a game if they're going to win, right? Yeah, the yeah. defense needs to figure it out. They need to step it up. So, again, this is not a championship team. I don't see them making a run at the, at the Super Bowl, but do I see them sinking into the playoffs and maybe at least winning one game or maybe even two and surprising some people? Yeah, absolutely. When this yeah. team is playing, when this team is playing on all cylinders, I think they could beat anybody. They really can. Uh, they just have to be healthy because they don't have depth, and they have to be. And the offense has to be vibing. And if that's if that's happening, if the offense is vibing and everybody's healthy, this team can 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 go toe to toe with anyone. I truly believe that. Yeah, we have got to hope that Kansas City stubbed their toe along the way now because they've got a they've got a pretty tough schedule, I think. Uh, it's okay. It's it's similar to ours, but we have a few cakewalk games, uh, meaning the Giants and and the, the Texans. They don't have those types of cakewalk games. They've got either middle of the pack or a few higher end teams to play. So um, again, not an e not necessarily a super hard schedule, but not the easiest schedule either. So there's a definitely, like I said, we are only a game behind. And we have one game in hand. Plus, we play them at SoFi, um, you know, on a Thursday night in a couple weeks. So, if the Chargers win out and the Chiefs win out, with the exception of that one Thursday night game, and we beat them that Thursday night, guess what? We'd win the division. That's just how that's how it currently stacks up with with our um, uh, with our tiebreaker. So, again, it's not out of the question that they 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 win the division. Not out of the question at all. I don't think it's as likely. But it is not out of the question. So, again, I want to have some positivity. This team's not perfect. We get it. But they can be better. They can build on this. They can be better. Some of these people talking about, hey, let's tank to get better draft picks. No. Stop that. Please. No, just I don't, I don't want to see that. Never get on board with that. Yeah. No. Yeah. So, never. I, anyway. I, hate, I hate to see the Chargers losing, you know. The world's a better place when the Chargers are winning football games. This is This is a fact of truth. Fact of truth. Okay, guys. Great pod. Appreciate everybody coming on. Any last thoughts before we uh, before we finish up today, Dan? Um, things could be worse. We could still have Anthony Lynn and be winless. 
<laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, does does Devonte Harris start on on Sunday, John? No, 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 no. He's he's a depth piece. Um, uh, you know, maybe he pushes Campbell for if Campbell keeps failing, uh, for 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 reps. But I, I think he's a depth piece, and I think given the defense that Staley rolls out there, I think it's still premature to think that he's going to be able to walk on and, and get significant reps. So, um, you know, I I don't think so. Interestingly, just before we go, obviously my prediction on ten to seven. If you um, checked charges why this morning, and um, they're actually predicting the charges go ten and seven. So let's Copy see what happens. Yeah, uh, not, yeah. Not, ten wins is not, not out of the question. No, for sure, not. not out of the question. I, I think double digit wins. I think this team should strive for that. To me, if this team ends up with double digit wins at the end of the season, I would count this as a very good season. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. yeah, it was disappointing because we got hyped up in the beginning of the season because of a hot start. But I think they regressed to the mean. I think we saw we, this is who they are right now. That doesn't mean they can't be better. That doesn't mean they couldn't improve. I'm just saying this is who they are right now. And I think if they get double digit, I would be very happy. I would say, you know what? Disappointing season overall. I would have loved to see them you know, be a contender, obviously. But ultimately, I'm going to say this was a good season. This was a good season. So, um, all right, guys. Well, thanks for joining me. Thank you, Bolt fam, for listening and watching. As always, we're excited for the Bolts this weekend. Uh, I know my uh, two co-hosts are not as bullish, but uh, I'm excited for for a boat race. I'm excited for a Charger win. Uh, you can both eat your hats when uh, the, when uh, they beat the Bengals this weekend. Uh, and Justin Herbert elevates himself back into MVP discussions. Uh, so, anyways, thanks for joining us, everybody. Bolt up. <laughs>